Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to jump right on into worship, worship the Lord this morning. So here we go. Let's do it again.
second. I'm so excited uh, to be here to worship together today. Uh, I am Heath. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so pumped that you're here. Uh, we're going to have a great time of worship today, some awesome songs to sing, and a great message uh, because it's God's message, not because I'm preaching it. Um, that was awkward. Uh, from John chapter 8, uh, I'll be a little bit later, but I just want to voice a prayer over our time together and just ask God to bless it, okay? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, God, um, that that, uh, God, by your power, uh, we can be here, and God, we can lift up our voices, and God, uh, we can hear your word and understand it. And so, God, I pray that today, um, God, I don't know all the burdens that were brought in here. Uh, God, I don't know what heaviness may be laying on hearts or on uh, minds or, uh, God, even physical, uh, God, what may be weighing on people. But, God, we know that we serve a God who created everything, holds all things uh, together uh, by his power and a uh, Savior who died on the cross for us, who gave everything for us, and, uh, and a, a Spirit, the Holy Spirit that indwells us to lead us and guide us. And so, God, we ask today that you would help us, um, God, to uh, to leave this place ready to take next steps in our walk with you, and, God, that we would look more and more like Jesus every day. God, help us today and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you all in a bit.
Father, we're so grateful today for your grace and your mercy that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he came, lived a perfect life, died a death on a cross, paid the price that we could not pay. Gracious Father, I just pray that if there's a person in this place who doesn't understand that truth, that good news of the gospel, that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can be born again. We can have the promise of eternal life. I pray that today, through the music, through the message, through the ministry in this place, Lord God, that they would come to know you as Savior. Lord Jesus, we just pray your presence in this place that we can be changed by your word, that we wouldn't come into this place out of out of obligation, just out of just out of habit, God, that you would change our hearts to make us more like your son, Jesus. Father, for those of us in this place, that this may be the first time we've encountered your word in the last seven days. Gracious Father, I just pray that you would forgive us for neglecting and taking advantage, taking for granted the king of the universe and his word and its life-transformative power. Father, through this message, I pray that each and every one of us in this room be convicted to find ourselves in your truth more often. God, if that means opening it in midweek for the first time, staying in it for a little bit longer, 
praying over it, meditating over your word, God. I just pray that the message today would convict our hearts, change our lives. Father, help us to know you better through the study of your word on our own and corporately as we open your word together as a church body. Speak to us today, Lord God. We need to hear from you today, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you today. Um, hey, if you're new here, if this is your first time worshiping with us, we're so pumped that you're here. Um, we got to have a gift we would love to give you today. Um, in the back of the seat in front of you is what we call our Connect card. And uh, today, if you'll fill it out with as much info as you feel comfortable with, stop it by Next Steps on your way out, which are those two little kiosks in the lobby. Um, give that to them. They'll actually give you your very own Lindsay Lanny's T-shirt uh, so that you can rep this campus as you leave today uh and then also they'll give you some information about our church which is really really cool um to help answer any questions that you have and so this morning is week two of what what we're calling follow what it means to be a disciple uh we're going to be in john chapter eight shortly so you can go on and turn there in your bibles um if you missed last week's message uh you can always find those on youtube and facebook and you can subscribe to the podcast Um, and as i told first service if you'll buy me lunch i'll just come out and preach it to you live at your house if you like Um, All I require is lunch for that. Um, So any sermon you've missed in the past, I can come and do that. Um, But in this study, this this follow study, what we're looking at is four statements that Jesus himself makes about what it looks like to follow him. What does it require? What does it mean? And so it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be challenging, (laughs) as last week was, um, just tough to, to hear what Jesus says discipleship is really supposed to look like. And um, so today we're continuing in that, and uh, it's going to be fun looking at uh, obedience to Jesus. And so I'm going to read verses John, John 8, verses 30 through 32, and I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive in, okay? Um, as Jesus was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we know that your word is truth, and God, we know that um, that today, God, uh, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, that we can be saved, and God, by continuing to believe and continuing to, to strive uh, for uh, a Christ-likeness, God, that you'll use us for your glory. Uh, I pray that you be with us during this time, God. Uh, may the Holy Spirit illumine our minds and our hearts to understand your word, um, and uh, God, be with us today and teach us to know you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So verse 32 of this section is what gets all the talk. Verse 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Every single uh, courtroom show has, you see it, right? There's some guy banging on the thing saying the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's a whole other sermon for another day. But 32 gets all the fanfare. We're focusing on 31 today. So um, if 32 really fires you up and you want me to preach on it, um, sorry. We're going to focus on 31 because I believe in 31, um, if we'll understand 31, I believe Jesus is trying to get us, if if you're claiming to be a follower of Jesus, I believe 31 speaks so strongly to you. And if you've not yet trusted in Jesus, I believe 31 is going to help you understand what it looks like if, if, if you feel like that may be something you want to do. It will help prepare you for what's coming. And so let's look at uh, verse 31. I want to read it again. If you continue in my word, 
you really are my disciples, is what Jesus says. And so we're going to focus on three words that are going to help us grasp the big picture. The first, we're going to start at the end. I told Kenny, um, I, I, there's two main ways I can come to church. Okay, so as a weirdo, I take one in the morning, I come down 53, and then I go down 251 on the way home. I don't know. It's the exact same time. Um, today, because of the route I took at the beginning, I came the opposite way. And now I'm going to go down Highway 53 probably. So here's what you need to know. We're going to start at the end of this passage because I'm feeling in a weird upside-down mood. So we're going to start with the end of this passage and work our way to the beginning, okay? We're just turning everything on its head today. Point number one is this, really. We're going to look at this word, really. Jesus says there's some things you got to do if, if you continue in my word. You are really my disciple. For Jesus to say that is to insinuate that there's a way to be a fake disciple, right? If Jesus is saying that there's a way that you can really be my disciples, then there must be a way in which you can be a fake one. Now, it's important to understand what's going on. Jesus is teaching this in front of many, right? What do we have in verse uh, 30? It said, many believed in him. And the very next thing is he begins to teach. So we can gather. I don't know what many is. It's a very general term, but we can assume it's more than a few, right? Um, so we've got many people here. This is masses. Jesus gets in front of this big crowd, and here's what he doesn't tell them. He doesn't tell them some sweet, happy thing that just allows them to come and feel encouraged. Right? If you'll notice as you read through Jesus' ministry, when Jesus gets a big crowd, he oftentimes teaches the hardest things, which is a very bad church growth strategy, right? Like when you think about some of the largest churches in this country, we probably all draw the assumption that, ah, that dude ain't really preaching the gospel. He's, he's just preaching something light. When Jesus gets the biggest crowd is actually when he teaches sometimes the hardest things. And so that's what we see. A, huge, a big crowd has gathered, and this is what Jesus wants them to know. He wants them to know, first with the word really, he wants them to know that just because you prioritized your day to come and hear me as a rabbi teach does not mean that you're truly my disciple. Following Jesus is, mu is about much more than that. Jesus doesn't hide the fact or gloss over it. He wanted those coming to know whether they really were his disciples or not. And so in Jesus' fashion, I'm just going to apply the text, I believe, in a healthy way to us as a church. Just because you prioritize coming here, just because you prioritize coming to church and to listen to some redneck preach, does not mean that you're truly Jesus' disciple. You know that, right? Just because you serve in the kids' building once a month or as a greeter, that doesn't make you a disciple of Jesus. Jesus is clear throughout his ministry. He's clear of what it looks like to be a disciple. What we're going to find throughout this study, and we saw it last week and we're going to see it today, that it's less about doing and it's about being. Does that make sense? It's less about what the things that you do. It's the, more about the who you are. So I believe uh, it's about our heart first, not our actions first. This echo, this, this mess, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I wanted to remove Matthew 7 from the Bible because it creeped me out. Can I be honest with you? There are parts of the Bible that creep you out. We'll talk about that again here in a second. There are parts of the Bible that creep me out because I didn't always understand them. This is one of those, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is echoing this same idea that, that, 
that it's not about what you do, it's about your heart first. Um, he talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. On that day, verse 22, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Let me take a step aside for a second. That's, uh, that's the A-team, right? I mean, if you're casting out demons, and you're prophesying, and you're performing miracles, like, you, that's intense. Right? This, is the, this is the ministry A-team here. And what does Jesus say to them? I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. You see, Jesus believed throughout his ministry that not all who put on the Jesus t-shirt were truly his disciples. Just because here at East, just because you, you, you call this place home, you serve on a team, you're faithful to Sunday morning gatherings, those actions do not save your soul or make you a disciple. We started talking about this last Wednesday night in our groups. We started wrestling with what does it look like to be a disciple? If you're not familiar with the way we do groups, we do our groups on Wednesday nights. And, and from now till the end of October, what we're doing is actually taking the Sunday morning message and just diving into it deeper on Wednesday nights. Um, and so if God speaks to you in any way and you went, man, I wish I had some more of that. I need, I need to think through that. Um, you can. Wednesday, 630, uh, come and be a part of a group. Um, but we're, we're wrestling with this. What does it mean to be a disciple? So when Jesus says the word really, he's insinuating that there is a fake disciple. So he's showing this is what a real disciple is. So let's, let's keep moving backwards. When you keep moving backward, you find the term word. Okay, that's the next word I want to talk about. If you're a note taker, jot it down. Word. Again, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. And so we can wrestle, so what you know about Jesus, if you've studied and, and read a lot of his teaching, Jesus gives multi-layered things sometimes. And so I want to show you that I believe when he says, continue in my word, I think, he, it's, I think it's a, a, a multi-layered thing that's going on. The first thing is he means his current teaching. Jesus is a teacher. And so guess what he was doing right before he said, continue in my word? He's teaching. Guess what he did right after he said, continue in my word? He's teaching. And so what Jesus is saying, the things I'm saying to you right now, the things that you're learning right now, continue in those. Do those. Be those. It's a current thing. And I would say to us as a church, are there not seasons in your life where God's teaching you something really cool? And that may be a day. It may be a sermon. It may be a podcast. It may be a Bible story, Bible, Bible story time, if you've got you know, rug time at home. Uh, but Bible study time is what I meant. Uh, Bible study time that God just shows you something. And it's in that moment, or maybe it's over a season that God's showing you one thing. Jesus is saying, continue in that. Like, do that. Don't forget. Uh, don't just say, oh, that's a really cool thing, and then move on. But actually continue in those things. But the word, word, is so much more than that. Again, we're building layers. It's Jesus' current teaching. But, but the word, word, in the Greek is the word logos. And I'm totally butchering that, so whatever. It's used over 300 times in the New Testament. And it's more of a reference to the whole body of work than a sermon or two. So this is also carrying this idea that yes, we need, to, we need to obey the current teaching. We need to stick to, we need to obey the current teaching that Jesus is showing us. But we also need to take into consideration the whole counsel of Jesus' teaching. The whole counsel. And I'll say it again. There are parts 
in this thing that I don't like because I don't always do them. Does that make sense? Life would be easier if there were just certain verses that were left out and I wouldn't have to, man, but they're in there. That's why we teach the way that we do here. That's why we're just taking a verse and looking at it, studying it, because we're going to try to do our best to teach the whole counsel of God here. And I would encourage you to read the whole counsel of God. I'll, I've had people stand talk to me. I've had people talk to me early on in my ministry that I know were engaging in sexual immorality. I know they were. And then in, in false, uh, 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 just a, a false uh, sense of I'm better than you, point a finger at homosexuality. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know what Jesus talked about more than homosexuality? Heterosexual issues. <laughs> Sexual impurity. You know what Jesus talked about more than homosexuality? Gossip. Greed. I'm not saying homosexuality is not a sin. I'm not saying any of those are not sins. I'm saying they all are. We've got to recognize that Jesus, the whole teaching, the whole counsel of God is what we've been called to obey. The whole thing. You don't get to pick and choose. And I'll say for me, I don't want to preach this message. I'll be straight with you. Several weeks ago is when we laid this sermon series out. And now we're talking about how important God's Word is, and I'm going to be straight with you as your pastor. My quiet times stink lately. You ever been in a season where your quiet times just stink? Well, there's four of us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in one of those seasons where I'm just, uh, it's a busy time of life for me. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on. It's easy for me to get up and, and get, a, get, get going on my day with breakfast or a sun drop or something like that and not get started with this. It's easy to get there. And so I would love to have skipped this sermon and talked about something else. Some of y'all's sins. Y'all send me some of your sins. Let me quit talking about mine. Right? But because we've got to be committed to the whole counsel of God, Jesus is saying, continue in my current teaching. Whatever God's showing you right now, continue in that. But also recognize that it ain't just that. Remember that, but then let's move on and let's remember that there, the whole Bible from beginning to end is teaching us the whole counsel of who Jesus was and his ministry. We lock into that and continue in the whole council. Now, um, a little nerd moment, okay? So uh, the word logos, that Greek word that's used there, for the, that gets translated in English as word. So um, that was, John didn't create that word when he wrote this. Jesus didn't create that when he was speaking. This is a, actually a word that right before Jesus comes on the scene, some of Jesus' actual, uh, 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 what's the word? Contemporaries. Some of the people who were living around with Jesus were these great Greek philosophers. Right? If you took philosophy, you studied all their junk. Okay, But one of the words that these Greek philosophers used a ton was the word logos. They used it. Even before Jesus spoke these words, they were using this word. And I tried to find, I went to just a, I didn't, I, you can look up the word logos and oftentimes the definition of it will include ideas of Christianity. So I went to a website that would not ever include anything regarding Christianity in a positive light. PBS, y'all familiar with that? So I went to PBS's website 
and I found a definition of the word logos. And in that, def- this is the definition of the word logos, uh, according to PBS and some other places. An unchanging eternal truth about existence and purpose. And so for the Greek philosopher, that was what they were trying to figure out. What is the purpose of life and why are we here and what does that look like? And they believed that, that nothing had changed. That why, what their purpose was was the same purpose that people had always had. And so they were wrestling with that. Every religion wrestles with that. With this philosophy of what is the unchanging, eternal truth about existence and purpose. And so that's why I believe Jesus' teaching is a perfect example of that. It's been around from the very beginning. But when Jesus says logos and when John writes that word, he's speaking about more than a philosophical term. What we find out through John's gospel is that he was redefining the word altogether. This is fun, okay? The word logos actually becomes a key theme throughout the gospel of John. It begins on page one. This is the, If you don't have John 1, 1 memorized, there's your homework, okay? In the beginning was the logos. The logos was with God and the logos was God. You see that? So... The Logos is this eternal, unchanging truth. And, and what, what John is saying is that it, 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 uh, in the beginning, there was this Logos. There was this eternal, unchanging truth. And, and that truth was with God. And that truth was, in some way, God himself. Now, what's interesting is most Greek philosophers actually have no problem with John 1.1. They'd have been like, yeah, you're getting a little iffy with the God talk. <laughs> okay. But we believe in some sort of divine presence. So yeah, we're okay with that. Most, most philosophers during this day would not have had a problem with that. But of course, John doesn't stop there. He has to ramp it up a little bit. And they would have definitely had an issue with John 1.14 when John says this, the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. That's literally the word tabernacled among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We find out, John pulls back the curtain a bit and he says, Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> he eventually says, that's when I say Logos, that's who I'm talking about. And so Jesus doesn't just teach the eternal unchanging word. John tells us that he was the eternal unchanging word in the flesh. Every other religion tries to define what is it, what is the purpose of humanity and why are we here. Christianity is the only one that says that purpose took on flesh and became a human and walked and lived a life and died just like you and me. So we don't just get to hear about the purpose, we got to experience it in the life of Jesus. He's the only one who could live a perfect life because he was truth himself. If you're, again, if you're a note taker, the word, it means his current teaching. It's his whole count, the whole counsel of his teaching, and it's also who he is. John spends the rest of the gospel making the point that Jesus is the word, the embodiment of his own teaching, the embodiment of our purpose. And so we must continue in the current teaching that you're experiencing with Christ. We must continue in the whole counsel of God. We must continue in Christ himself. John 15, we're going to look at this verse uh, next week or the week after. I can't remember now. But John 15 is one of these verses where, uh, where Jesus begins to talk about uh, abiding, abiding with Christ and Christ in us. Continuing in who Christ is. And so 
What's interesting is the word continue is our point number three. Point number three, we're all the way back to the beginning of the verse now. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Now, the word continue is word used different than what we often think about. Um, I've realized as I was thinking through, how do I use the word continue? I don't use it a whole lot of ways. Um, it's a weird word. And so uh, in some of your versions, it may even use the word abide. It may say abide in my word. But the word used here, again, it gets translated a few different ways. But I want to show you two different ways that, that scholars and I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to help us to, ra- to, to grasp when we see the word continue. The first thing is this persistence. Persistence. Or uh, when Jesus says continue in my word, he's saying be persistent in my word. Hold on to my word. Now, I have always enjoyed video games. Uh, okay? I love video games. I would, I have to have a job and activities because I could find myself just playing video games all the time. Uh, so, I, praise God I don't. Um, but some of my favorite video games over the years, uh, I loved later on, but I, I got to talk with the first service people and I found out there's some other video game nerds in our church, which was encouraging. Um, However, uh, but I got to, what I got to know, uh, what, what I began to rest, thought about is the, some of my favorite games over the years um, were on what you call the regular Nintendo, which was the Inter- Nintendo Entertainment System, which was released in the United States in 1985. Now, what I love about the Nintendo is there, it was a simple controller with like two buttons and, and arrows, and that was simple. Um, my, one of my favorite games for that system, uh, I had the special edition version. And it was in a gold casing. And it was the Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. In the Legend of Zelda, you take control of a character named Link who must fight off strange creatures, dinosaurs, and dragons to rescue Princess Zelda from the evil Ganon. Thank y'all. In the first service, somebody yelled, Nerd! After I said that. Anyway. There are no telling how many time, how many time, how many hours I spent playing that original game, and I can remember being a kid, and uh, there were a lot of times where I lost all my little hearts, all those hearts. They eventually ticked down to zero, and after he died, there was a little noise, and the screen would go black, and three words would pop up on the screen. It was retry, which means you could go back to your last save point, you could save, or you could continue. Continue meant, hey, I don't want to quit. I want to start over. I want to start back from where I am right now. I just want to keep going. I want to keep playing. I want to, I want to keep trudging, right? I think that's, what, that's the idea here. By hitting continue, I'm making the statement that I'm staying in it. I want to continue on. Jesus is saying something like that. Listen, I know you blew it today. I know your Bible's got dust on it. I know you hadn't talked to, you hadn't talked to me this week. I know you had not been diving into the Word this week. But there's tomorrow. <laughs> Continue in the Word. Or hey, maybe you've had an awesome week and you've been in the Word all week. Praise God for that. Tomorrow's coming. And guess who don't want you in the Word? Satan. And he's going to come. So be ready. Be persistent. Hold on to God's Word as if it's really that important to us. And I believe the Bible helps us see from itself that it is important. Second Timothy 3.16 
All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The thing is, the, the, the Word is important. Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's important. It, it's worth the effort. John 1, 8, or not John 1, 8, Joshua 1, 8. God says this to Joshua. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You're to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you'll prosper and succeed in whatever you do. There are plenty of others in the Bible that help us see God's word is worth the investment, church. And yet so many times, even me as your pastor, I don't live like it is. Being straight with you? Sometimes we don't. We don't live like God's word is actually this important, but it is. So we need to be persistent. To continue in the word of Jesus is to be persistent, to hold on to it. But there's more to it. This word continue again, it also has this idea of abiding, resting, dwelling in, okay? And so what we're getting into here is that Jesus, when Jesus says continue in my word, he's also saying uh, enjoy the presence that comes with my word. To continue in it uh, to, is, is about presence and dwelling. Continuing is not just about obedience to the word of Christ and, and grinding day after day and just, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through my Bible and I don't care if I get, don't get anything out of it, I'm just going to read. <laughs> Continuing in the word of Christ also means experiencing the presence that comes when we get in the word. Because when you start thinking about your daily time with God, um, there's sometimes where I just forego it and I just get busy and I just don't do it. There's other times where I do it even though I don't get anything out of it. And then there's other times when I open it up and you can feel the presence of God stirring within you as the words pop off the page. That's what we're supposed to strive for. That's what it means to continue in my word. It's not just about persistence. It's also about presence. Paul wrote this to the church at uh, Colossae, uh, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you and among you. First Thessalonians 2.13, this is why we constantly thank God, because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a human message, but as it truly is, the word of of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. It's working in us. It's, it's the presence of God, the very real presence of God that we can experience when we search for him in the word. And my fear, my fear is that for me as a pastor and that me as a Christian is that I get in a routine of reading God's word and I get persistent to it, but yet I don't experience the presence of God in it. We need both church because I, I've, I've found my, in two different times in my life I found myself struggling with persistence and struggling with presence and even on the presence side I'll speak to that since I've been wearing out you in, in not not persistent impersistent what's the word not persistent we'll go that but you guys that are struggling with persistence there we go I'm going to stick to the presence people it is awesome to be able to walk daily with the Lord and be able to think about Jesus and pray about Jesus. And, 
But there are truths in here that you need to learn too. There are truths in here that we need to digest. Christ has not just called us to walk with Him. He's called us to learn from Him. And so yes, we need both of those. We need a persistence in the Word of learning and growing, but we also need to stop sometimes and experience the presence of God that comes when we read God's Word. And so from this from this text, I want to ask three questions today. Question number one that I believe Jesus was hinting at, are you really Jesus' disciple? Are you really Jesus' disciple? We're going to be talking about this every week, and we're going to talk about it more on Wednesday nights, really allowing our groups to wrestle through with that. But be reminded that the call to discipleship is high. It's high. And we need to make sure that we are with Christ in that. And I've been pushing this, and I'm going to continue to push it through this series. We've got a great book that's available at Next Steps, and it's not a great book because it was written by a great man. It's a great book because it's got Scripture from beginning to end that is life-changing. We call it our yellow book. You can, If you're wrestling at all with, am I really a Christian? I don't know. I've wrestled with it for years. I know, I've talked to somebody who wrestled with that question for years and never got the answer. Listen, God wants you to know the answer. Okay, it's a it's a sick it's a sick father who wants his children to wrestle with whether he loves them or not. You see that, right? That is not the God we serve. He wants you to know. And we got a great resource at our next steps. Just go by and say, "I need a yellow book," and they'll pitch it to you. In there, it, rests, it just walks through scripture after scripture and talks about what it looks like to really follow Jesus, and then says at the end, "Is that what you did? If that's what you've done, is that what your life looks like?" So I would encourage you, if, that's, if, that, if you wrestle with question number one, are you really just a disciple? Stop by next steps and get that. Question number two is the one I've been wrestling with this week, again, because I've just been struggling with time and, and busyness. Are you striving for persistent obedience in your life to the Word of God? Are you wrestling with that? If so, be like I'm, wrestling, I'm doing and just saying, okay, I've got to make time this week, more time to be in God's Word. Question number three, are you finding the presence of God in your time in the Word, or are you just checking a box? I used to love those little, in the back of my first, like, big kid Bible I had, uh, there were Bible reading plans. And I used to love to get to check those little boxes off. Day one, yes. And there were times where it was almost bedtime, and I knew that my mom and dad was going to come check my little notebook and see if I'd been reading, so I, like, sped read, speed read speeded red, whatever it is. Like I did that, cause just so I could check that box, right? Just so I could check the box. I'm struggling with words today, y'all. Are you finding the presence of God? Or are you just checking boxes? Are you just reading the Bible to say that you did? Those are three questions that, that I feel like God's laid on our heart as a church, and me as your pastor, to pr- propose to you to wrestle with. Are you really Jesus' disciple? Are you striving for persistent obedience to the Word in your life? And are you finding the presence of God in your time in the Word? As we say in our groups on Wednesday nights, we're all at different places in this world. And I've told you as your pastor that I'm messed up too. If you thought you were hiring an awesome, just impeccable, Jesus-centered, never-makes-a-mistake man, you picked the wrong one. Okay, But what I do know is that God wants all of us to take next steps. I've got next steps for me to take this week. 
God's got steps ahead of you that you can take this week. I'm going to show you this three. Today, if you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, I know it's a big step, but that's your next step. Because what you need to know is that the Logos, the eternal, unchanging Word of God, it isn't just a teaching, it's a person. And he came and he lived the life, the perfect example of what God's Word teaches. He lived it. All the mistakes that you make, he never made them. All the, all the thoughts that you have on a daily basis, he didn't have them. He didn't entertain them. All the things you say with your mouth to belittle other people or to whatever, Jesus never did those things. He lived a perfect life. Lived a perfect life. And he didn't do it to show out. He did it so that he could bring to us what humanity could not find for themselves, and that is reconciliation between us and our Creator. The Bible says that Jesus Christ went to the cross, and when he went to the cross as a perfect man, he didn't have any sin of his own, so God said, here, take everybody's. And he placed all of our sin within Jesus Christ, and Jesus in a moment experienced all the pain and all the weight and all the shame of all of our sins, and then he died. Paying the debt that you and I don't have to die, instead we can experience relationship with Christ. Today, you can trust in that. The Bible says you can turn from your sins and believe in Jesus as the only one who can save you, that he was died on the cross for your sins and he was raised up so that we can have life. You can do that today. We're going to sing a song here in a moment. I'm going to be standing down here just looking at you like a weirdo, okay? That's what we do every week. I stand down here and I look at you. And if you need to come talk to me, that's why I do it. But we also have counselors by the back door. If you need to come talk to us about it, wrestle with these decisions, we would love to do that. Salvation. Point number two. Honestly, what I had to do this morning was to come to the altar and confess sins to God. If your week has been rough and you haven't been in the Word, you haven't been dealing with the persistence and the presence, you can pray at this altar. Come before your church family and say, I ain't got it all together, pray for me as I pray and ask this. And so you can do that or you can pray right where you are. There's nothing magical about these steps. But it does let everybody else know to be praying for you. So you can, you can confess your sins that you've committed this week. And also a next step maybe for you to stop by our, our next steps area and get that yellow book to help you wrestle through whether you're a Christian or not, whether you've truly trusted in Jesus. No matter what, let's drive ourselves this week down deeper into God's Word. Because I know this church, ain't, this church is not going to move forward. This church is not going to move forward in the way that God wants us to until we're centered on His Word. That's coming from your pastor who's struggling with it too. So let's do this together. Y'all hold me accountable, I'll hold y'all accountable. Amen? I'm going to say a word of prayer. Whatever you need to wrestle with today, this is the time. It's a time for us to sing, but it's also time for you to wrestle with these questions. I'm going to say a prayer. I'll be available up front. We'll have counselors by the back door. Let's pray. After I pray, you stand. Father, we love you, God, and we do know that you're a gracious God who shows mercy on idiotic people like me that just... Uh, don't always do what I need to do. Don't always spend the time that I need to. In the but God, you're a gracious and merciful God. And I pray, God, that you'd help all of us to continue in the word and so proving that we really are your disciples. God, I pray for this church, God, that you would help us to center around your word. And God, that we would be faithful uh, to, to grow to take next steps, God, on a continual basis. But God, not only take next steps, but to pull somebody else along with us and help them take the steps they need to. God, I'm thankful for our groups on Wednesday night, and I pray that you continue to bless them and, and use those groups uh, to grow all of us. 
And I pray, God, for our time together today that it's honored you and that you help us to move forward with what we need to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, let's stand. You respond however God leads you to, okay?
some things this morning. Uh, I was today years old when I learned that Zelda wasn't the guy on the box. It was the princess. I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't play that. So anyway, that's that. Okay. Um, groups. He mentioned it a couple of times. Groups. This Wednesday. Uh, if you weren't here last Wednesday, it's okay. What are we studying about? We're studying about this sermon today. So you automatically... Get a free ticket for Wednesday because you were here today. You've already heard it, and so you can talk about it or at least listen to uh, the people around you. Just hear uh, some more perspective. Uh, it's a great way to learn. So this Wednesday, come and show up, sign up. Uh, there's an, a, a, a website at the bottom uh, that you can sign up there. You can show up Wednesday. Either way, this Wednesday is groups. Please, please, please join a group. Um, great way to, to get involved. Next Sunday, we've already got the Lord's Supper uh, on here. Why would we put that on there? So you can start praying about it now. Uh, if we just dig into what the Lord's Supper is, man, that's a huge deal. Uh, and we're honored to take it. So that'll be next Sunday. So just pray about that this week. Uh, and last but not least, it's kind of weird, October the 3rd. Wow, that's way out there. Uh, but that's our gift to go Sunday. Uh, all of our missions all year long are supported that day. Um, we don't ask for money during the year. We all, it's just that day, one day. So I tell you that early so you can prepare your heart. That's a huge day for our church, but you can prepare your wallet. Uh, because that's a day to be able to give to our missions for all year uh, support for one calendar year. So that's coming up October the 3rd. So be just praying uh, about that day for the church and also what you can give that day. And then last but not least, giving is here. Uh, we got a blue bucket by the back door. We've got online giving uh, options. You can still text to give, and you can always put it in the mail. Y'all, I got a letter from somebody at our church. One, night, one day I said this, that I run to the mailbox to check the mail. He put a letter in there. Anyway. It didn't. It was. It was incredible. I was excited. So you can you can mail your tithe too. All right. I'm I'm done. Let's let's pray. Thanks so much for being here. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again for today. God, thank you for your word and what we can learn from it. Uh, God, and thank you for this worship team uh, and what we can learn from them. God, so just be with us as we do. Uh, come back to groups Wednesday, God, as we do talk about your word further uh, and learn more, God. And I do pray for the upcoming things of the Lord's Supper, God. I pray we prepare our heart. Uh, God, I pray we live this way, we live this week so it's easier to walk in here Sunday, uh, God, and just uh, we go ahead and prepare for that, God, and then I even pr pray for Give to Go Sunday, God, as we do uh, prepare to give, as we can bless other people around us, God, not only in this county, in this state, uh, in this country, God, but all over the world, so God, I pray we just go ahead and lift that day up, uh, God, I pray we um, have a good week, God, and we just uh, tell people about you, in your name I pray, amen. <laughs> 